Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We talked a lot this morning about what happened to Odell Beckham Jr. and his reaction to the injury. What was your take on what unfolded on Monday Night Football? Um, You know, I... I the more I looked at the hit, I don't think it was necessarily dirty or uh, there was any malintent. I mean, there's going to be bang-bang plays. There's going to be collisions. There's going to be injuries in football. You obviously absolutely detest it even more than usual when it's the preseason because of how little sort of intrinsic meaning these games have beyond an evaluating tool for, for coaches and general managers. Um you know, obviously, it, it sounds like crisis averted. Everything Beckham said after the game, everything that I'm hearing this morning is, um, you know, that they, they're relieved they dodged the bullet here and they don't expect there to be long-term ramifications. But I guess what struck me the most was just the, the visual of him, you know, kind of jogging, half-jogging off the field. And then, I mean, I've been in that stadium many times. You got you're going down this huge corridor to get to the locker room, and there's nobody with him in sight. It's like that's the franchise, you know what I mean? Like, how I figured you'd have two trainers and you know whatever, an ambulance on standby if need be. Not that it was an injury of that significance, but I just found it kind of odd that he's trudging all the way around up to the locker room, and there's nobody else in the camera shot. <laughs> well. Listen, this guy is a drama queen. I'd be interested to know what you're hearing around the league as far as the the, the perception of him. We know he's a great athlete, tremendous athlete. I mean, he can he can wear your secondary out. But what's the consensus as far as what type of player he is outside of athleticism? Well, I mean, look, let's go back to his rookie year where he didn't really have much of an offseason, right? He had no real preseason. He misses four games for legitimate injury, comes back and takes the league by storm. Um, you know, he's a guy who gets a little nicked up, but, I mean, uh, he plays through stuff. Do, do guys love everything that comes out of his mouth and the GQ cover boy stuff and some of that that happens between, you know, Monday and Saturday? No, not everybody. Maybe not everybody's cup of tea, but I don't know anybody that doesn't respect what he does on Sundays and the way he comes to play. And you're going to get a little bit of that, you know, the showboat stuff or a little bit of the look-at-me stuff from, from a lot of receivers and, and a lot of skilled guys in the league. Um, that, that team's pretty pretty tight, that Giants team. And, um, you know, look, they, they, with every NFL franchise should have problems that are of the order of, you know, how much money do we have to give to this guy who – He's not, you know, he, he's he's not getting arrested. He's not getting DUIs. He's not, you know, he's not involved in drugs. He's not showing up on police blotters. Um, does he lose his cool on the field sometimes? Yeah, that's out of a competitive spirit. But but trust me, um, you know, he's going to get his money and he's going to get it hand over fist. 
Gio and Jones with Jason Lock and Fora, a guy who's still looking for his money, Le'Veon Bell. He's going to miss the third preseason game. He apparently turned down a deal, or there was really good discussions that they were close to a, a deal that would have paid him around twelve million a year. He reportedly wants closer to fifteen or fifteen million a year. How do you see this ending? You know, it's a bizarre situation. And actually, the, the, the first three years of the deal would have averaged over $13 million. So, you know, you've got Shady McCoy at the time, who's at eight. And he's, you know, like the next highest in the league, a little over eight, in terms of average compensation. And the Steelers, on a long-term deal, are willing to give this guy over 50% more. And it's still not enough. I mean, and he's been fixated on the 15 that, you know, Adrian Peterson kind of sort of got, but he never really reached the stage of the contract where he was making a pure 15 a year. But he's got that number fixated in his head, and he couldn't get beyond it, despite the fact that the NFLPA thought the deal that was on the table was very strong. Uh, his his own agent, uh, Bell's agent, thought the deal was strong, but, but ultimately Bell never put, put pen to paper. How does it play out? Le'Veon Bell's biggest concern should be when he does return, which at this point they'll be at a max probably two weeks of practice time for him, probably five to six real practices, those two, those sort of Wednesday, Thursday, and in some cases Mondays, depending on how teams do their schedule practices. He may get six of those. Is that enough for him to avoid a soft tissue injury, the kind of nagging injuries that have cost him three games here, two games there, a playoff game here? Because he, he, he now has put himself in a gamble-on-yourself situation. Instead of taking some long-term security, he's playing it out this year for 12, but he's a guy who has two-fold issues, off-the-field suspensions, on-the-field injuries. And that's, you know, some of that's up to him, and some of that will be out of his hands. But you can go look at guys over the years who've missed a large portion of camp, especially guys who play collision positions like this, and then just see how quickly it takes – before they end up on the injured list. It, it generally, um, you know, it, it, it happens quite a bit. JLC, you write that Sean McVay is winning over his football team and others as well. So young, youngest head coach in NFL history. How's he going about doing that? You know, he's he's really wise beyond his years. He, you know, his, his grandfather was a very distinguished NFL executive. He's been around this for a long time. He pretty much transitioned right from sort of college football player to NFL, you know, quality control guy. He's been around the Grudens and the Shanahan. Uh, he's a human sponge. And he just, there's like an it factor to him. I mean, I've known him for, for a long time since he was coaching tight ends with the Redskins. And he's been, I mean, he's only 31, but he's kind of been around this for a decade now and worked his way up. He wasn't a guy who was given stuff. You know, he went from unknown quality control guy to working with different position groups to, you know, displaying a proficiency for offensive football to the point where, you know, a guy like Jay Gruden has him calling plays for him in his 20s. So he, he's earned it. Um, he understands how to conduct himself in the locker room. He's seen things for better or for worse. He's been around as a young coach. A lot of unusual situations like that RG3 and Cousins thing in Washington, I think he's been exposed to a lot. And he just has some natural people skills, some ways that he engages, and a natural energy about him that it's not going to overcome all the holes on that roster, and they're not going to be a great football team this year. But you could do a whole lot worse than Sean McVay figuring out if that quarterback you took first overall a year ago can actually play anything close to the level that you drafted him to play at 
and he's got the veterans there buying in, and people see him as a young guy who can look beyond himself and and sort of figure out what each player needs to succeed and try to give that to him. Now, again, we'll see what the results are like on the field, but I do think he'll be there a long time. I mean, he, he's a guy who got a five- or six-year deal. Uh, I think he will see that through there and, and, and re-up there as well if, if they can keep him. He, he really is a bright young man. When's he going to be able to coach Aaron Donald? Well, you know, that's complicated a little bit by the Sammy Watkins situation now because, you know, I was out there when they made the trade and, and talking to people, and, you know, Watkins is going to want to be paid. And you're getting him at age 24 with only controlling his rights for one year. Now you could say three years if you franchise him twice, but, you know, per his actual contract now, there's only one year remaining. And he's going to, if you're going to get him to buy in and say, yeah, I'm going to forego free agency and re-up with the Rams, even though we don't know if they have a starting caliber quarterback, you're going to have to pay him as a top-of-the-line receiver, even though he's hurt a lot. So if Aaron Donald sees that, if that happens, and the Rams are in a bit of a bind because they didn't come to any terms with, with, with Watkins before the trade, and he sees that you're going to trade, pay a guy who's never played a snap for us, you know, best of breed money at his position, that, that's only going to further fuel Donald's argument that I'm not taking a penny less than what I think I'm worth because I am the best football player on that team. And he is the best football player on that team, I believe, by a wide margin. So the Rams have rolled over for everybody, you know, and, and that's sort of the, the bed that they've made. When you, you paid James Laurinaitis more than you had to, and you, you paid Robert Quinn more than you had to, and you paid Tavon Austin, who's maybe a number three, four gadget receiver, you gave him number one receiver money, then Aaron Donald's going to sit there and say, well, I've seen it for everybody else, and I'm actually the best at what I do in the NFL. How, why? There's no, there's no home team discounts now. Not with you guys moving to L.A. and having a 90,000-seat you know, stadium and, and going from, from the St. Louis market to the L.A. market, and I'm your best player. So that, that could bleed into the regular season. Well, one guy who's not having to fight for his money apparently is the commissioner, Roger Goodell. When does that deal get consummated? You know, I, look, I, I know that there's reports of a five- or six-year deal, and, and I, I don't know what the term will be other than, in the end, it's certainly going to be a contract that takes them through 2020, 2021. I mean, you've got the collective bargaining agreement expiring at the end of this decade, and clearly the league wants to show a sense of, strength and solidarity and unity that, you know, we love what we did the last time around and we're ready to send the same people into the room to negotiate again. And you also have the broadcast rights expiring, the over-the-air broadcast rights, and then I guess some, some you know, streaming rights and, and how they're going to continue to expand the presence of games on the Internet. And they've made a lot of money off that as well, and, and that's something else that's very much their bread and butter and that could help has been directly involved in. So I'm, I'm not surprised that they're going to do this. He, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He loves his job. And, I mean, look, he's paid to be the bad guy and be the bad cop. And, and mm-hmm. you know, as much as we think of commissioners as stewards of the game and maybe the fans' commissioners, that's not true. I mean, there's, you know, commissioners who run the league. Everybody else is a part of it. And he does the dirty work for them. And, are all 31 of them, because right, the Packers don't have one set owner, are all 31 owners in love with what Goodell and Park Avenue does all the time? Uh, certainly not, but um, 
are they against him enough to strap it and throw somebody else in there two years removed from CBA negotiations? Heck no. G. Owen Jones with CBS NFL Insider, Jason Locke on four across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I don't think that this Ezekiel suspension, Ezekiel Elliott suspension, is going to be knocked down from six games like Ben Roethlisberger was from six to four different circumstances uh, all together. Uh, what do you think will be the end result after appeal? I, I don't know, guys. This, this process, each of these sort of happen in a vacuum. They all have their own mitigating circumstances, their own um, degrees of evidence. Uh, these letters that have been written to, whether it's the Saints for Bounty Gate or, you know, Brady for Deflate Gate or what was written and, and sent to Zegarelli in his suspension letter. The letters are all a little different. The tone is somewhat different in different instances. Um, the degree and length of the investigations are different. You would think, logically, that they took over a year to do this. And it was their own investigation, and they had four outside people they consulted with who they showed the evidence to, and they all said, absolutely, we believe there's multiple instances of domestic violence here. And they just put a policy in place a few years ago, a new domestic violence policy, that says six times for a first offense. You would think on the face of it, and I get your point, and I would agree on a visceral level as well that, boy, this really looks like six games, but... You know, anything is possible. Uh, Greg Hardy, go back and look at the evidence there. And 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 the, the allegations and the the physical evidence in terms of, of the victim in that instance, and that went from 10 to 6. That blew my mind. So that just happened not that long ago. You know, last year, Josh Brown somehow comes out of it with one. So I, I don't know, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I would think, again, based on their evidence and their policy, that this looks like six games, but you never know. Jason, you wrote a pretty uh, lengthy piece on Michael Bennett and his kneeling during the national anthem. He's the son of a military veteran. He and his yep. brother, Martellus Bennett. And you, you, you seem to uh, suggest it's a unique situation considering the brass there with Seattle, but I'm seeing it all across the league. This is not going to end just because Colin Kaepernick has been made out to be a pariah, is it? No, it, it's, it's not, and I think it's a galvanizing force for Seattle. I, I think it's a little different there just because of the way the owner and the general manager and the head coach, the way they let guys be themselves. And I think the fact that Seattle – now, I know the Browns this past week you know, had uh, you know, more guys sit than, than ever before, but the fact that sort of the Seahawks took that, that mantle from Kaepernick and became – and really Bennett – himself kind of became the face of this doesn't surprise me because guys feel like that even though this is a super corporate league that is one team and one organization one group of decision makers who do let them make their own decisions and do let them sort of speak out and they empower them and they embolden them now it doesn't mean they agree with everything they do but go back in contrast with Pete Carroll said and it's in the story you're referencing you know, the day after Bennett sits versus what Hugh Jackson was saying even before a lot of his guys sat. It's, it's a different tone. It's a different tack. Um, it's a little more player-friendly. It's a little more, I get you. I understand you. I know you're not doing this half-cock. I get that you feel morally compelled to do this, and while I wish you would express it differently, I support you, I understand you, and I know that you're an upstanding, outstanding human being. I mean, Pete Carroll basically put his arms around Michael Bennett. Um, I, I don't know that you hear that 
exact um, rhetoric anywhere else. I don't, I don't know that you hear people that sort of accepting of this. And I, I, I mean, will it grow? I mean, I, I can't predict the next two days, much less, you know, four months of this country through the NFL season. But if, if there are more events like Charlottesville, if, you know, the response by government leaders to certain, you know, uprisings continue on the trajectory that they're on, then no, players won't be silenced. And they feel like when you talk to them privately that what Michael Bennett's doing, the easy thing is just take that paycheck, stuff it in your back pocket, stand up like everybody else, and forget about it. It's, it's, it's again, in that Seahawks locker room, what Bennett's doing is seen as selfless, not selfish. And I think it will inspire more guys to do the same. Then why did the Seahawks go out and sign Austin Davis ahead of Colin Kaepernick when they had an opportunity to if they're so welcoming? Is there something about Kaepernick that we don't know from the playing side of things? that He didn't look all that well, bad to me last year. No, I mean, I think in their situation, they, their, their starting quarterback doesn't really miss any time. Um, they have, they've been in a salary cap situation for quite some time. They were looking to sign someone to a minimum salary benefit contract that protects their cap. Not not that Colin Kaepernick would make a ton, but he's not he's not playing for seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Um and you know they look I at least give them I at least give them respect for bringing the kid in and talking to him. Now, did he wow them in the interview process? Did he blow them away? Clearly not. But at least they investigated him and brought him in the building. Nobody's worked them out. I mean, Seattle wins playoff games. They're only they but Seattle New England are the only teams to win a playoff game each of the last five years. What the hell are the Jacksonville Jaguars doing? You know what I mean? Like, how's that quarterback room look? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give Seattle the benefit of the doubt. And, again, they actually had the cojones to bring them in. Nobody else has. Look at some of these other quarterback rooms. It's, it's ugly. But well, the Jets. they won't even give the kid a phone call. Yeah. I mean, how about the Jets? And clearly we know that, that Woody Johnson and his political situation would probably – uh, that wouldn't be a mesh. Uh, they're they're a fit there, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't I, I don't understand. Well, I don't have to understand it. I guess. Oh, you I just, understand? <laughs> you know what's going on? Yeah. Uh, what about right there, in Baltimore? Your backyard and Steve Bashadi and 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 all the machinations that were going on and all the ways he was trying to him and haul around this 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 issue and their quarterback situation. Any else? Uh, any any updates on that deal? He he was they, they were they were excited. I mean, I what I reported in real time, and, and look, they're in a unique situation there because John Harbaugh has been on record since the owners' meeting saying there's nobody gets blackballed in the NFL. That doesn't happen. Like this is a meritocracy, and someone's going to need a quarterback, and he's going to make sense for them, and it's only a matter of time. And then you've got Jim Harbaugh, his brother, who's obviously been campaigning for Kaepernick to get a job, and they've got Greg Roman on staff who worked directly with Kaepernick in San Francisco when he was playing his best. So if they didn't give at least extreme lip service to that idea, then they were going to look like major league hypocrites. So they they were already in a little bit of a box there. So that's why you saw Harbaugh talk about it before the before he was asked about it, before the media even asked about Kaepernick. He came out of practice that day and was like, "Yeah, we're thinking about it." You know, and then the owner took it way too far and started ruminating publicly and pray for us and all that. And they got heavy-handed with it and they botched it, but they never brought the kid in for a workout, nor did I think they would because, A, they fully expected Flacco to be back by the regular season, and they still do, and they're taking extra precaution with it because it's a back. 
and they don't want to aggravate it, but he'll start practicing next week. And they weren't, I mean, clearly the, this owner wasn't going to go all out and say consequences be damned. I mean, when you're standing out there in front of your, your season ticket holders saying, hmm, should I, shouldn't I, you're basically saying I'm not doing it. They never made the case for signing him. They just talked about it as a hypothetical. Hmm. So it's not like they were selling the messaging of, here's why he can help this community. It was always like, gee, I don't know if our community could handle it. <laughs> That's a very different tone to take. Um, and, and I think it's going to take a contending team. I'll, I'll go back to what I wrote in April and May. When, if or when Colin Kaepernick gets signed, it will not be because someone had a change of heart, some owners suddenly got progressive, or somebody did a whole bunch of research and said, our community can handle it. It will be because some team that thinks it's pretty good loses its starting quarterback, hates its backup over a period of a week or two, and says the only way to salvage the season is to bring this kid in and see what he can do. Until or unless we get to that point, it's he, he will continue to be treated largely as a pariah. He, he's not really been treated as a guy who's on the available free agent. He's been treated more as on some sort of exempt list to we could maybe take the equipment work him out some. All right, well, it looks like we're losing, Jason. Yeah, we're losing you, man. We're losing. That's, we, he gave us 22 minutes yeah. here, so we can... Uh, we, oh, you, that's over a lot of time, dude. Yeah, right. So that was, he was approaching Nick Saban territory. You're hard-headed, so. man. You just will not learn. You asked the last question. Five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. That's Jason Lacanfora, one of our favorites. <laughs> um, um, Unfortunately, um, his phone crapped out in the end, but we got what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the best noises. We need to pair him with the goat. He's he's part bird, Lockenfora, isn't he? That's some, that's some of that stuff. All right, coming up next, do not criticize Dante Fowler's no. driving. Because if you do, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Next year, the same thing is going to happen. No! Taking 80 days off. 80? Yep. Why oh. not? So sort of like 2016 for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Andrew Bogish is back with an update. What's up, Bogish? Hello. There's uh, my microphone. Hello. So it appears <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. Bring back and... Heller. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. wow. Oh, so Fighting words. We like Brad, but mm. I'd rather have Bogish. I don't Thank know why you, you would, why you would say that. Seriously, Mike. Damn, it's a mean thing to say. Forgot his mean. microphone. Yeah, you know, hit, hit the on button. Once. I mean, Tighten it up. A bit. Bo- Bogish can appreciate nineties R and B. Yeah, tighten. Right? Yeah, tighten yeah. it up. A bit. Little, tighten it up. <laughs> You're Bogus- Madden. <laughs> So it appears Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants will dodge the worst-case scenario. Manning back to throw. Zips one right for Beckham, makes the catch, and then gets cut down at the knees at the 24-yard line. And Odell not pleased with that hit. Bob Papa on Giants radio. Amputation looked likely at one point the low hit from Brian Body Calhoun in the second quarter of last night's 10-6. Browns win in Cleveland. Beckham jogged off the field, but then fell to his knees outside the Giants locker room. X-rays were negative. More tests today back at home. This is the one you think of that. He just fairly crumpled. Like, oh, it's over. I'm done. I'm playing. Hey, Cut why? Me. Hey, Cut why? Me, why? Why? You want old Nancy Kerrigan on us? 
Yeah, it was. Come on. Did it remind you a little bit of wrestling, Pete? Where like a guy <laughs> runs off and the camera follows him and he falls down. Did it? Your mic's not working again, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, bring Brad. Bring Bahu. <laughs> you said, bring Brad back. Bring Brad back. And bring Brad back. <laughs> Isn't it great when a guy's about to insult somebody else? You can't even get the insult. And he has a seizure. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Oh yeah, well, bless you. Take that. Oh, you're getting on me. Well, are you going to say, Pete? Yes, it was very gimmicky. Okay. All right. Thought so. <laughs> did you go to SummerSlam? I did not know. You did not go. Wasn't it in Brooklyn? What? It was in Brooklyn, yes. Why didn't you go? What? No, I just didn't feel like going. Didn't feel like going. That's What's a going lie. On? That's a lie. Was it? I mean, if it was too expensive, it's too expensive. Oh, I no, so, yeah, it was too expensive. I mean, I can understand that. But I'll you would have yeah. gone if someone offered you a free ticket. You oh, of course. You would have yeah. felt like going. Yeah. And no, it's just that sometimes those things can get a little expensive. Exactly. Too expensive. How much? Oh, they're probably a couple hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. Surprise, you know, Pete, right in your backyard. Yeah, well, you know. Didn't you fly to Dallas or something? And Orlando. Good curveball, by the way. Taking off to not go to the close wrestling event. Well, plus I like those three-day weekends now. I'm becoming a big fan of the three-day. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. It's better than two days. Yeah, we, we got that. Yeah, I, I thought that because you were off, you went and you had a good time and you you put a couple back. and I watched it. Watched it at home. Ate yeah. a foot long hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Graphically. <laughs> Is that picture still up on Facebook? I, th- I tried to get rid of it at least yeah. from my. It was then profile. hacked now yeah. on celebjihad.com as well. <laughs> right next to Tigers. Yeah, we'll watch Celebrity Board Up. Take one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of Pete oh, from a couple years ago, and he's. Eating a foot long hot dog. You should not have posted yeah, that. Yeah, it was not. It just wasn't yeah. the most flattering. Wasn't a good look. Can you picture. provide an alibi for Sunday night? <laughs> Can anyone else confirm you your whereabouts? <laughs> <laughs> you watched SummerSlam at home. He didn't want to get up at three in the morning the next morning. Ding. That's what happened. Still should have gone though, Pete. Fly should've around gone. the country. These things. You got. You got one. You could take a train to, and you totally blow it. Yeah, I did blow it. But you know what? I go to many, so. Okay. I'll take a pass oh, on this one. Okay. Very good. Mm. Got anything else, Bo? I yeah. do. A lot of things. Uh, so the x-rays on Odell Beckham <laughs> You're Jr. You're still doing ankle. that story. Oh, oh, the Giants Jeez. haven't yet discussed the results of x-rays on Brandon Marshall's Slipped shoulder. Slipped on his skirt. As for the Browns last night. Osweiler under center. Straight drop back. Looking. And the ball got tipped in the air. Picked off. Jason Pierre-Paul got it at the 26-yard line. The Giants tipped the ball up in the air, and JPP got it. That's Jim Donovan on Browns. Radio Cleveland punted on Brock Osweiler's other possession. Rookie QB Deshaun Kaiser ran for the game's only touchdown. Head coach Hugh Jackson would like to pick his starting QB by tomorrow. The Diamondbacks with a 3-2 win in 10 at the Mets. Then the Brewers lost 2-0 in San Francisco. So Arizona's lead for the second NL wild card is now three and a half games. The Dodgers a 6-5 win in 12 in Pittsburgh on a Yasiel Puig solo shot. Texas a 5-3 win in Anaheim. The Twins dumped the White Sox 10-2 after losing to them 7-6. And the Indians got by the Red Sox 5-4. But reliever Andrew Miller aggravated his right knee tendonitis and may end up back on the DL. And Steve Kerr recently told the San Francisco Chronicle he plans on coaching for all of the coming season after missing games in recent campaigns because of those lingering back issues. Boys? 
All right, bogus thanks. Jaguars you, bogus. defensive end Dante Fowler has been charged on misdemeanor counts, battery, mm-hmm. criminal mischief, and theft Damn. after an incident where the arrest affidavit says that Fowler was driving in the parking lot of a St. Petersburg apartment complex when a man walking by made a comment about his driving. So you drive good, right? Well, it was probably a negative comment mm. because then Fowler led Slow down, fool! You know, it's a neighborhood. Yeah, you drive like crap. What are you doing? Something. I don't know. So then Fowler got out of the car, allegedly, hit the man, mm-hmm. knocked his glasses off, mm-hmm. stomped on the glasses. Okay, that's enough. Stop right there, right? No. Nope. He then took a bag of groceries the man had been carrying, including some just-purchased liquor. Oh, man. And threw it in a nearby lake. <laughs> so... That is consistent anger throughout yeah, that yeah, whole process. Right, and that's because, what's disturbing to the Jaguars. I mean, after you punch the guy, knock his glasses off, and stomp on the glasses, right. not only do you take his groceries from him, including the alcohol he just bought, you don't just take that and dump it out or throw it down. You take those groceries to a lake, and the lake wasn't that far away, but you still transported the man's groceries to a lake. To hurl. And then you litter the lake. Said groceries into the lake. What if the ducks get a hold of that liquor, man? I mean, I, I know that road rage is a thing, uh, but the middle finger is about as far as I go when it comes to that. Maybe a honk here or there. <laughs> and I'll say some stuff in the car. Yeah. Under your breath, right? <laughs> you blankety blank. Yeah. <laughs> but to throw a man's groceries in the lake. That's got to be pretty damn scary to have Dante Fowler Jr. coming at you like that, too. He was on a mission, and I don't know if he was upset with whoever he was visiting. I don't believe he lived in that apartment complex, but uh, he was definitely already highly upset, and this set him off even more so. And you're correct. You would think slapping a guy or punching a guy, that would be enough. You should He shouldn't have gone that far. But doing that and then stomping on the glasses, can we stop right there? Why do we not have to pick up his groceries and chunk them in a lake? What is wrong with you, dude? You yeah. haven't been that physical on the football field. Allegedly. Can we find that aggression yeah. on a Sunday afternoon? All this is alleged. Right. This is the arrest affidavit. <laughs> I just want it to be true. <laughs> That's funny to me. Now, does this guy have any leg to stand on? Can he go back to the grocery store and be like, the NFL defensive end just threw my groceries in a lake? Can I get a refund? No. So what do you do? How's he going to get his money back? He's going to have to sue Dante Fowler for the cost of those groceries. And the groceries. And the glasses. Groceries going to be a lot of money, man, especially if buying alcohol. Yes. Spend a lot of money on groceries. Very expensive. Yeah. So, Dante, pay for my groceries and some new glasses, and maybe we'll throw in some punitive damages. Yeah, How about that? He's not going to so want Some pain any, and suffering. Right. He's not going to want any Jaguars tickets, that's for sure. But, no. Oh, oh, hell no. How could you be driving that bad in a parking lot? Honestly. I think he was trying to get somewhere. I, I think he was upset, whoever he was visiting in that in that apartment that's complex. An interesting take, yeah. Yeah, probably had him hopped up, and he took it out on old man, or old boy, whatever he was. And his groceries. <laughs> Ain't gonna chunk groceries in the lake, man. Yeah. We gotta clean that up. Well, it's probably not. It's probably a lot of that stuff is gonna sink to the bottom. Oh, but man, there just... could be, I don't know, there could be some vagabond who lives on the banks of that lake. He's that gets like now, a floating bok choy <laughs> his way. And be like, whoa, is that, is that, what a is great that, day. Is that Top Ramen? Yeah, man. Got a bottle of Jack. Some guy, <laughs> some guy fishing. <laughs> 
Look at it's him. my lucky day. Pull up some some stoli. <laughs> like, oh, look at this. This is great. Tremendous. Yeah, that that is very disturbing. Dante, come on, man, I can't do that. I, yeah, you're right. Just living around here drive you crazy. People flipping you off, and and, and don't do it. You can't. You can't. Come on. Coming up next, our fantasy football commissioner that runs the CBS Sports Radio League, Pete Pilati, has to put his foot down. I'll tell him what he needs to do next. This is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, it's fantasy football draft season. Yes. Everybody's doing it. Yep. And last year, Pete Bellotti, he is the commissioner, our board operator, and you weren't the commissioner two years ago, so last year was your first year as a commissioner. So you went through it, ran a nice league, wasn't a lot of issues at all. I ended up winning this league. Yeah, you did. Very happy about Kicked this. Kicked y'all's ass. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. And Swallowed a lot of that. And Pete and I and others in the league, we talked about a couple adjustments here or there. One mm. was there were 14 teams, and the waiver wire was kind of a mess. So we said, all right, got to knock two teams down, make this a little bit easier. Pete did that. He's been on top of making sure things are all his ducks are to row. He didn't have the snake draft there. We got the snake draft going in. All right, so everything's good. But there's one thing he said last year, right? The one thing he said last year he has not followed through with was there will be no co-owners in 2017. You cannot have someone else run your team next year. And I'm thinking we're good now, all right? Because last year... After hours with Amy Lawrence, Amy Lawrence has a family member named named Mike named Mike running her team. So Pete said, no more of this. So then this morning, Amy comes out in a break and goes, Pete, my family member Mike has decided which guys we're going to keep. Our keepers, how do I get them to you? And Pete does not take that opportunity to say, excuse me, Amy, but you will be running the team, not Mike this year, or you can get out. He said, just email him to me. Oh, he whipped out. So, Pete, oh, what is happening here? Why are we still having co-owners oh, Pete. in this league? Oh. You are right. You are right. Oh, wow. This will be addressed. Oh, wow. Oh, I wasn't addressed then. I forgot about it. I and just, also, also, I will say this, that I don't think these co-owners have impacted their teams. I think that whoever, whoever is going to win is going to win on their own merit. And see, I, I, I totally disagree because she said in her own words, she said the guy, Mike, my family member, who runs the team. So if he's running the team, that means that he is impacting what's happening. Now, I kicked her ass in the championship game, like mm-hmm. embarrassed her. Yeah, but you got embarrassed in the face. So I don't, I don't care if she runs a team or he. I'll still beat him. But I just don't like the fact that someone else is running a team. It's not the whole. That's the whole part of it. She can just lie. Yeah, I don't understand. It just makes no sense to me. I mean, this is not difficult. You say, now, well, here's the roster. What do a, I do? That's a church going person. Why would they lie? You make a good point. Well, it's very blatant too. You know, it's not like it's somebody that you know has someone helping them out. And, and I mean, it says Mike the, next to the thing, not it, Amy. Wow. The face of the team is so and so. So we don't know Mike. What, we don't, kind, what kind of commissioner are you, son? 
<laughs> wow. Was, oh, you son. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it either. We can and find don't play out. that noise again. That's, oof. And ask Amy anything. It's a possible question. Yeah. Why didn't you run your, your own damn team? If you want yeah. to get it in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess probably, I mean, if she does poorly, then she has an excuse. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, it can't be that you don't have enough time. I just think it's a very easy league to operate a team in. Yeah, of so, course it is. So I, I, I it's fantasy duh. football. I mean, yeah, right. Oh, it's hard. It's hard work. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like uh, uh, Doctor Bisseglia's job where she's building microscopes. Yeah. It's a fantasy football Come team, on, literally. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantasy football team. Got to be able to do this. It's hard work. Mikey mm. B's back into the league this year, right? I'm back, yes. Yep. What happened last year? I was out. I kind of uh, OD'd on it, wasn't into it. And then last year when Greg introduced me. <laughs> Stop it, Brian. When Greg introduced me to Daily Fantasy, he got me all into it again. Yeah, see? So now I'm, a little, I'm, uh, I'm inspiring up. people. I, was... I love the Daily Fantasy. I'm obsessed with it. So now I'm going to take it to the weekly. <laughs> Brian crawled underneath the desk because he can't stand Mike. And his answers, he asked what happened last year, and Mike's response was, I was out, as opposed to giving the reason why he was out, because he already knew he was out. So Brian has now crawled underneath the desk, and you know he's upset because he has he's sitting on a disgusting floor. So I'm going to put the microphone down close to him. Brian, you all right, man? Oh, jeez, ow, that hurt. <laughs> watch, oh, watch your head there, man. Can't get right. I got to give you credit, though. You did a really good job of calming yourself down there and not lashing out. You look like Odell Beckham with that move. Going down on the ground. Don't press your luck anymore, man. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. Woosah. What's the name of your team? I, we're not, no. <laughs> You said don't press your luck. <laughs> What's the name of your team? What's the name of the team, dude? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but okay, it's... Come on. Um, I know the name of the team. Pete knows the name of the team. We're going to say the name of the team. You want to say it or not? Uh, you can say it. Hook them by God. <laughs> two. <laughs> Hook them by God, two. <laughs> well, you took one. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you go that route? I, I like the program that uh, <laughs> Coach Herman's building. I think that they're really establishing something within the state, and that inspired me. Uh, Coach has uh, more hair now, apparently, so I, uh, why not? <laughs> I've heard great commencement speeches there. <laughs> <laughs> Brian? Wait, now, wait a second. I just went to our Twitter account, and... Oh, stop it. We... we... <laughs> We used to have the picture of us on CBS this morning we were talking about. It. We said we got to change that. Cause <laughs> Brian complained about it. We, it's it, been 36 I, years, he said, or something. I, yeah. He put Abdul on there? Yeah, he put, yeah, look. He put, <laughs> what? You know how many people are going to like that? You know how many people? I'm already getting hate mail. So, we haven't even started college football yet. So the, now the cover picture we have on the G.O. Jones Twitter account <laughs> is Brian in the movie Stepping Back. After the scene where he shoots himself in the head. Abdul Smith. <laughs> so, 
Do you still have the picture of us, though, somewhere? Because I'd like to have that as your keepsake. Is that somewhere on your phone? I'd like well, to have that picture yeah, of us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm here for my 115 appointment. <laughs> that boy is so articulate. <laughs> he speaks so well. So if you'd like to see exactly what we're talking about, follow us on Twitter uh, at Gio yeah, and yeah. Jones. G I O and Jones. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike Riley, see what he did with his I players? did. I mean, this guy's like, uh, he's really understanding. Sit down. Right. Be humble. He gave uh, all his players tickets to Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, gave him a day off and. Concert tickets. How about that? There yeah. you go. Yeah, I think that that stuff is important if the team is where you want them to yeah. be. I mean, if you're rewarding them because they're practicing hard and you're you're feeling great about, yeah. about a, where you are. a new quarterback, Tanner Lee, transfer from, from Tulane. We'll see how that works out. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a cool little, cool little deal. That didn't do yourself to your, to your young squad. You got Nebraska as a... Team, you got an eye on this year? Yeah, I got an eye on them. We'll see what happens. <laughs> One eye, half an eye. The, the, the eye that's still working after staring into the eclipse. <laughs> exactly. Let's see how this quarterback situation shakes out. I got, I got an eye on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, you are funny with college football because sometimes, sometimes I feel like I can't bring it up because you had exhausted yourself the previous day or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to be completely honest, there's times where I feel like because this is your sanctuary for saying other stuff, and when you get into like the waist deep, neck deep college football thing, then when I bring it up, sometimes you're just like dismissive of it because you already talked out about that. Is that fair? That is fair. Okay, that's good. a fair assessment. Good. You're very observant. Good. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like now. I mean, you probably no, rather, no, you'd no. rather talk about Kendrick Kendrick Lamar than you would. You know the uh, Cornhuskers, a, a great album. And uh, matter of fact, he's in the he's in the the series you started watching, uh, the, the the Defiant ones. Yeah, that's right. He'll yes, be in the last episode, you told me to watch something yesterday. Yeah. I watched it that same day. I, you tell me to watch stuff, and it right. takes me about a year, <laughs> but I eventually get there. Uh, no, you haven't gotten there. I'm gonna get there. I have to finish watching the last four episodes of Ballers from eh, from, skip from a that. year ago. Skip that. It's kind of sour. And just it. go straight to Last Chance You. Yeah. That's that's way cooler, I think. Ballers is fun. It's light. Mm-hmm. There's boats and bikinis and stuff. Mm. The acting is terrible. It's so bad. Yeah. The acting is the worst well, acting. You ain't watching it for the acting, are you? Uh, yeah, but I want to be entertained. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, we're going to have one of those guys on who's one of the good actors. When? You've been saying that for months. Charles Green. It's going to happen Monday. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.